0: Hey everybody, my name is Rob Shear, and I'm the founder of a national nonprofit called Comfort Cases. I'm also an advocate for children in our foster care system, a public speaker, an author of a book, A Forever Family, but most importantly, I am the father of four amazing children.
1: Hi, I'm Dana McKay, and I saw Rob on The Ellen Show, and when I realized his organization was based right here where I live, I knew I had to get involved. I'm also a social media consultant, a radio host, a podcast producer, and a mother of two children.
0: See, our country's foster care system is shattered, and this podcast is about how we as a community can come together to bring about change, changing the system, and changing the lives of children in care.
1: Welcome to the Fostering Change podcast. So we are talking to um, Fabian today, and I am curious to know how you and Rob know each other.
0: Yeah, Fabian. So why don't you go ahead and and introduce yourself and tell you exactly how you met me? Okay, well, uh,
2: my name is Fabian Tolman and uh, how I met Rob was through uh, Facebook. There's a page on Facebook that pretty much is a nationwide foster care page for um, all of the states, and there's about, I believe, 7,000, maybe a little less than 7,000 members and I had some concerns. I didn't know Rob. Uh, I didn't even. I didn't know Rob at all. I just um, posted on there, and he reached out to me and sent me his email, and I gave him an email, and uh, now we're here.
0: So I will tell you one of the things that I was really impressed about Fabian that had me reach out to him is. Um, you know, a lot of times people who, and Fabian, I, I don't want to tell your story, so I'm going to let you tell your own story, but a lot of times so many people who are, been in the foster care system, are still in the system, um, we we are all put in the same bubble as we're these bad kids and we are going to amount to any, nothing, but Fabian, I actually had done some research on you and, and knowing that, you know, you're you're in college, um, you know, to, you're also trying to be a singer-songwriter? Is it, did I am, am I right about that?
2: Right, right. I do lot of music. I produce lot music and everything.
0: Yeah. So listen, tell me, I'd like to know exactly, Fabian, what is your story?
2: Well, my story is this. My mom was, um, wasn't was really fit to have me as a child, and so she was in jail at the time when, when she was hanging with me. So what they did is they ended up sending me um, to my family, but my family was a mess at the time really they were just going through it a lot and they're just um crazy alcoholics and just not fit to really raise a, a newborn baby so they decided it'd be best for me to go into the foster system when i was in the foster system i was in about 12 13 different homes before i was um i was put into guardianship with a really nice family they were an older couple so m- mind you they were older and and um I, they adopted me at the age of seven unfortunately when i was 12 uh, the dad that I had, he had passed away. He had lung cancer. He passed away with lung cancer, uh, and then two years later, um, my mother passed away. She, uh, cirrhosis of the liver, uh, emphysema. Just the whole, just didn't take care of herself at all. And um, you know, statistically it says that too. When a loved one passes away, usually like every two years, they pass away. And so they, what ended up happening is that really was like a really, um, really drastic time in my life. It was really a time where I was just. So confused about life and just didn't know what was going on. And so they they put me in the local Jameson Center. Jameson Center is a place where you go if so you have absolutely nowhere to go, pretty much like a big orphanage. Until so they finally uh, found me a foster mom and they placed they tried to place me with my brothers and sisters, but the foster mom like she was very diabolical. She was very she my mom trusted her with the life insurance policy and she ended up taking us in and just kicking us out one by one. It was, it was really sad watching my brother go, watching my sister go. I was only 15 years old, too, so I'm over here just trying to deal with all of this, losing my parents, watching my brothers and sisters get kicked out for dumb reasons. My brother was a... He's an awesome dude, um, graduated and everything. Um, so anyways, she kicked me out finally, and I ended up going to my cousin. When I lived with my cousin, it was a real bad experience. i have never met her. Um, I ended up sharing a room with uh, two of my cousins. We were just... Um, in a little small two-bedroom apartment, three boys, three teenagers in one room, and my cousin in the other. And she did her best, but, you know, it was just with everything going on, and now I'm realizing this now, it was a lot. I was doing with a lot. I didn't even know it at the time. And so they ended up putting me in a group home. And then uh, while I was in the group home, I had experienced things and witnessed things that I shouldn't have never even really seen and or, you know, and just a lot of drug use and just a lot of people making bad decisions. It was a real bad environment. But, like, even rewind, you know, to a child in the foster homes, um, there's so many things that go on in the foster home that people don't know about. It's like, a lot of, like, um, like molestation, a lot of beatings, a lot of over-medicating review. And these are things that people don't really want to address and I try to address them with different organizations but they just, they don't let me because it's so intense it's like well Fabian calm down but the thing is is like these things need to be addressed because it's going on and I believe one of the things you said right now is like there's not enough education and the thing is is like these social workers are so overworked they have like 20 30 kids on a caseload so I'm wondering why you know this is a pandemic even before the coronavirus the, fo- the foster system because you can just go on google and look at the statistics I don't I tell people do your own research you know and it's just like um, I don't understand why we're not in the schools, in the high schools, and just um, having presentations about this. I believe that the foster care system is one of the biggest pandemics in the United States at the at the moment, being that they deal with so much and it's just so complex. And I think with you know with like I believe that if we were able to travel and go to different high schools and colleges and have expos about this that we could really get people – because people do care. They just don't know they care. It's one of the things i noticed because I'm a communications major. I do a lot of speeches. I do probably like, you know, three or four speeches a month in each class. So um, and every time I do a speech, they always know, oh, you're going to talk about foster care. But I've, always, I've had people tell me, hey, man, like I'm going to become a foster parent because they just didn't know. They had no idea. They didn't know what they could do. They didn't know that they could, um, you know, it's, it's just – so uneducated. My, my professor even said, wow, I had no idea this was going on. And, um, yeah, I just truly believe that if we could like go around and, you know, in um, be in the schools and the colleges and, and we could really get people to become social workers, because really we need more social workers, because I think one of the biggest problems is, is with being so many ki- kids on a caseload, um, they're not able to really analyze the situation or... or or one, that being the reason, and two, being that they've never taken the system, and they they don't see the signs. Um, a lot of the a lot of the a lot of the youth they, they're designs and not even know what like they're being abused or it's just it's just insane how how it, it's how it is right now. Um, but that's pretty much like my my upbringing, losing my parents or being taken being saved by some parents and then and then they passing away and then going right back into the system. Um, it was super crazy. I don't even know how to explain it.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah. that I mean, I,
1: I want to know I want to know how you found it within yourself or how you managed to to get through all of it without, um, without falling to the wayside, how you managed to get yourself into a school and maintain your aspirations and really rise above everything that happened to you? How do you think that that, how do you think that you managed to do that while so many other people um, just don't?
2: Well, um, my, my dad was very conservative. He was a very conservative Republican. He was very um, the, if the odds are against you, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, just, you gotta overcome. You can't, you can't sit there and wallow in yourself pity We were never babied as, uh, being brought up. Um, we were never, we were never spoiled. We never had the newest things. It was just, you know, you work for what you get. And, but don't let me fool you. Don't, I'm not a perfect angel. I've been arrested. I've, I've been homeless before. I've done, you know, things that I'm not proud of. I'm not, I'm not a perfect, uh, person. In any way, shape, or form, the way I have just managed to, to not like fully sink and and dive into the to the bad life is just um, just having positive outlets. I think music is my biggest gift. That I I think that's the gift that I was given because of the circumstances I've been in in life. And having music, I was just able to spend so much time writing songs, playing guitar, learning different instruments, teaching myself how to play piano, guitar, ukulele. Just just keeping my mind um, really focused on um other things and just knowing that like like i said not the way my dad was he wasn't like he, he, he didn't see it as a sad story and you know and i didn't even realize it but it is a, it is a sad story and I, I realized like man we should be kind of like sad about this like i mean it's not like <laughs> losing my parents man this is the hardest thing in the world and one of the biggest things that i have now is i write for current soul news um South soul news. i'm a journalist with them and all my articles are just basically advocating for foster care. I'm um, like just trying to get people their awareness up. and just having those positive outlets like music, journalism, journalism, and just having good friends that you know that are not involved with um, with the negative things is really one of the biggest things that I've uh, been able to utilize and not <clears throat> sink into the really bad life that most youth go into. Like 60% youth will go into that lifestyle.
0: Yeah. And I think the number is actually higher, Fabian. And, you know, for me, I'm the youngest of 10 kids. And I am the only one that actually made it. And when I say I made it, I'm able to put a roof over my head. Um, you know, I talk very blunt and, and I'm, I'm very open about the fact that I suffered from, you know, drug addiction. I'd been in drug rehab. I made some really bad decisions as a young boy growing up. Also having parents who have died, um, not feeling that wanted or that, that need or that matter. But I will say there is something inside of you um, very much like me, uh, this grit that you realize that you weren't gonna be a statistic, and um, I hear it in your voice, and you know I can tell that you're someone very much like I am that I want people to know that there are choices in life, and yeah, we don't always make the right choice at the right moment, but there is just because you fell yesterday doesn't mean you gotta fall today, right. And I I think for so many kids in foster care, there is just no hope for them. I mean, we have to look at the fact that we as a country, you got a group of kids, 438,000 is the last count. Um, And by the way, everywhere you go, there's a different number. Um, But let's just go with the 438,000 kids. There are a group of kids who are in the foster care system that are there because of choices other people made. They're not there because of choices you made. They're not choices there because I made. They're, they're there because of choices other people made. And for me, it's like how in the hell can we be a country and not give these kids everything they need to, to succeed? Because this is a population of kids that if we were to invest in them, and, and you know what, I'm sick and tired of hearing the fact that, oh, we get a stipend. No, you know as well as I do. That money doesn't go to those kids. That money is not going to put away for these kids to get a college education. That money's not going I mean, I just read an article today that, that Dana put out where in New York, these children have had to vacate college. They work their asses off to get to college. And by the way, you're my hero, Fabian, because I was a kid who wasn't able to go to college. And knowing that you're in college, and I hear about these young, you know – Women, these young boys who are in college, and they're told you have forty eight hours to get your shit and get out.
1: Yep, that's what happened so there's because there's a way
2: of... around it. I have a friend that's in Humboldt State, and she said she she said they tried to kick her out, and and they and she said something. I don't know. She didn't let me know what she said, but there has to be a way around it because she was if she was able to stay in her dorm, I'm wondering why didn't they why weren't they allowed to stay in their dorm either? So She's a former falsehood.
1: So what ended up happening uh, is that the school told everyone that they had to get out of the dorms. They They had to. Well, they had to evacuate the dorms because of the coronavirus and the school was shutting down and that those dorms were going to be used for the international students who couldn't get on a flight and go back home. And it put a lot of stress on the kids who had nowhere to go and some of them were told well you better start calling some friends you better start finding some distant relatives and after they went through all of this stress and all this that they put the kids through some of them were able to stay in their in the dorms but it put a lot of unnecessary pressure on kids right. who have already suffered so I think in the the end they didn't get kicked out on the street but just the fact that they even had to go through that and they couldn't just say say to somebody hey I'm, I'm in foster care i don't have anywhere to go i need to stay here and that it wasn't just a done deal and they had to fight for it is really a problem
2: right yeah it is and it is I mean, I, and it's affecting everyone too i mean i always i'm thankful to have a roof over my head but one of the things is, is like i really i really utilize my resources we have the local dream center and i, I utilize the college for for meals, Wi-Fi, printing, a hangout, and then the Dream Center showers, uh, additional hot meals, clothes, and those are my biggest resources. Um, and de- then being shut down right now is is really crazy because I'm never usually at home. Like I go to I'm in a small town outside of there, so I get up, and I, the gym is even closed. All my res- all my healthy outlets, my resources are pretty much pretty and I mean, it's really affecting everybody. Um, it's really sad what's going on right now, but I I just what well, my biggest thing is. Um, I just don't understand like this pandemic. It just we've been suffering even before the pandemic, and you know. And I feel like now they're really, really like a lot of organizations are coming together. They're trying to help. So like we really needed these resources um, before, you know. And we've been we've been doing going without forever. And yeah, you know, we get our check and everything, but that check it really doesn't stretch it goes towards you know things that we really really need, such as you know a roof over our head um, and bills. Um, I don't drive a vehicle. I can't afford it. But that's why I'm in school is because I wanted to get out of poverty and I wanted to just have a better life. And being that everything is going online now and I didn't have internet access or a laptop, um, school is being all, put on hold for me as well. Um, it's just really crazy at the moment. I, I'm just really just trying to stay positive and just try to write this out. The thing was is I was going to be a statistic, but I didn't want to be one, so I had a plan April 6th. I was supposed to leave the Job, for, job Corps um, to do culinary because my funding was going to be up and I, I wasn't going to be able to fix school, but I only had a couple semesters left. So I figured, okay, I'd head out the job board and, you know, to do that, maybe get a job, finish school later on in life. But I'm looking at that now like, wow, that, that's really unfair, especially being like, you know, we're in the United States. We're not in a third world country we're you know, we're, we, we, there's resources available. And the thing is, is that um, it's real sad that the resources I see a lot of times are getting distributed to the wrong people. Um, I see people getting apartments and, and being put on Section 8 and welfare and everything. And I'm just sitting here like, wow, but I'm actually in I'm trying. I, I'm employed. I, why can't I have a, a roof over my head? Like I don't know. Like I just feel like everything that I've gone through in life. I mean, at least I can deserve a, a, a solid place over my head. I know it's. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like, oh, Fabian, you gotta relax. You're you're feeling entitled. You're 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 asking for too much, but. I mean, that now that I see how much resources are actually available, I'm not asking for, a roof over my head isn't asking for too much. I, I Just to finish college, I think. I don't right. know what do you guys feel about that.
1: Right. No, I, t- I totally agree with you. And I think that the system is set up in certain ways to, um, not to punish, but to to take away from, if you're doing okay, but you need a, like, you just need some help to get to that next level, there's no help for you. But if you're doing nothing, then that's the only way to get help. And it's like that with everything that if you're struggling and you just need some help, not available, but if you completely are doing nothing, then you can, then you can get help. And I mean, I even just think about, you know, I don't care which, which, side democrat or republican with this whole bill to for relief but from both sides all of the millions and millions of dollars that they wanted to pour into all of these other you know miscellaneous things that really have nothing to do with helping the american people get back on their feet and just seeing that long list of all these other things they wanted to put in that bill and who they were giving the money to and what the organizations were i'm like oh my gosh how far could that money go for You know, for people who are homeless, to put a roof over their head. For people who are in foster care, who need money to get started with their life. I mean, tens, hundreds of millions of dollars being thrown at, like, somebody's pet project instead of helping people actually you know, move forward and make a better life for themselves. So well, I, agree I agree with, I 100% agree with you. And,
0: and you know what, so do I. Because let me tell you something, this, shame on us. Because, you know, the fact is, as you say, we live in America and we're not a third world country, but I will tell you, You as a child in the system, me as a child in the system, we are treated like third world citizens. We truly are. You know, we might might be able to vote at 18, but I'm telling you something right now. They don't care. They don't Mm -hmm. care. We are invisible. We are disposable. And no one is doing any investment. And the thing that really gets me about this whole bill. And I agree with Dana on this. And Dana and I do not agree on a lot of things, by the way. Everybody thinks Dana and I agree on everything. And we really don't. (laughs) And I love the fact that we can agree on something like this. Because it literally, the only thing I saw in this bill was, once again, let's pad other people's pockets. you know. And the fact is, is if you have a trillion dollars sitting around, why in the hell have we not rebuilt the foster care system? Because that thing is shattered. It is shattered. I mean, these kids... I truly believe that from the time a child enters the system, these kids should be um, taken care of until the day they're able to stand on their feet. And by the way, that could be thirty. That yep. could be thirty-five.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, they should no, have I, what other pe- they should have what other people have, which is you know, I had my parents. And when I got out of a bad relationship, when I was, I had a small child and I was 27 years old, I went and I lived with my dad and my stepmom for six months. And the fact that kids who don't have their parents don't have that option and they absolutely should, there needs to be a safety net, especially um, you know, for somebody like you, Fabian, when you're when you're trying and you're trying to make a really good life for yourself, just
2: to be able to have an equal playing field. Yeah, that's really what I wanted to emphasize on as well is just being able, being able, to have that equal playing field. Because being in college, you know, before I got into college, I thought you know my life. I thought I was a loser. I thought that I, I didn't. I was, I was like I did this to myself. I truly believe that, and I truly believe that everything that was going on was was normal and. And then when I, when I got into college, I started realizing, uh, wow, it's not normal. I'm not a loser. Um, I started, like, you know, getting educated about the fostering system. And I started making friends. And it was so hard to make friends for the fact that, you know, we'd go over to the house or whatever. And I'd be with my friends and they'd disrespect their parents or, or just, you know, just take everything that they had for granted. Like, oh, I don't have a nice, nice, nice Or, you know, I don't have this. So I don't have that. And we're, I'm sitting there, I'm living in an empty apartment with, you know, just a bed, nothing else, and no food in the refrigerator, and they're over there complaining. It, it really upset me, and it didn't upset me that they have parents. It just upsets me that they take everything for granted, and it just upsets me at the same time that we're not able to be in the schools or in the colleges and having expos and, and, um, and assemblies to be able to give people more educated. Um I would love to just be able to be able to be on an equal playing field. Um, I know plenty of people who haven't got their life together. They're 28, 29 years old, and, you know, it's just one of those things where, like, like Bill said, you know, it's shattered, and I don't understand why they aren't. <clears throat> we haven't. We, I don't understand it either. It's really above my head. I'm, I'm sitting here and it just it really frustrates me. Well, really, really
1: I, I think a big a big issue, and this just goes for everything when it comes to politics in, in our country, is that it's all about money. So, you know, I saw in this bill, it was like $35 million for the Kennedy Center. And I love the Kennedy Center. You know, it's a beautiful place to go and see a, a beautiful play. But that $35 mil- they don't need $35 million more than people who are homeless or people who are in foster care and just want a chance. But the Kennedy Center uh, probably has a lobbyist that goes in and gets it put into the bill and that's how it all works and there are some people who are working to make change within the foster care system Um, I mean Maureen Flatley who we've had on our podcast um She's a huge advocate and goes to Capitol Hill to try to advocate for kids. But the the thing is, there's nobody lining uh, a congressperson's pockets in order to fix the foster care system. So for a lot of these politicians, they're like, what's in it for me? Who from foster care is going to donate to my reelection campaign? And nobody is. <laughs> so that's a huge part of it on both sides. Um, and Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's awful. I mean, and it's just not just with foster care, but with so many things.
0: But, you know, come, I mean, let's talk about the fact of right now, you know, with the coronavirus, we're, we're, you know, we have the non essential and the essential companies. And when I saw the list and realized that we do not I mean, here we're an organization, ninety five percent volunteer ran, that we actually provide hope and dignity to our youth that are in foster care. We send out cases, we we've sent out over a and. 36,000 either comfort cases or comfort XLs all over the country. We have never asked our government for any money, by the way. We've done this from the glove of our community, and I'm now being told that I'm not considered an essential uh, corporation. So in other words, it's okay to let kids in foster care carry a trash bag because what I do is not essential. That's bullshit, you know, because if we're helping a child give them hope and dignity we we are considered you know an essential you know corporation or non-profit or whatever It's to me it's just devastating that i'm having to go to the state and get a waiver just to say hey once again you guys forgot about the foster kids um can we make sure that we're giving to them it's crap it's just crap fabian well i never even wow
2: that's, that's unbelievable.
0: Right, I, and I mean,
1: I, I, Starbucks uh, is open. They're considered essential. Oh, they're but, open. And it, yeah. by the
0: way, um, they called me today about my scheduled oil change for my car tomorrow. I said to them, you guys are open? And they said, yes, we're considered an essential um, company. Are you kidding me? You give oil changes. You know, park your damn car, you know, and don't get your oil ch- I, I, But comfort cases... Right,
1: and let's let's talk about the phone call that we got um, at 8.30 oh. the other morning. Was it Monday morning, I yes, think? Yes, 8.30 Monday morning, I checked our voicemail, and uh, a CASA worker here in Montgomery County had left a message, and she said, I have a 10-year-old girl who is about to transition into um, a new foster home, and I was wondering, how can I get her? a comfort case. And so I told Rob, Rob called her back and met her here at the center. And she said, you know, this young girl has her stuff in two trash bags that are sitting in my office. And Rob gave her a comfort XL and a comfort case with new pajamas and soap and a blanket and stuffed animal and a book and, you know, so that she's going to feel so much better going into that new foster home. So she has a new pair of pajamas to put on. And the social worker told Rob, you know, how much it meant to her that she was able to call us and make sure that that girl has a bag to pack her things with dignity before she walks into her new foster home. And how can that not be essential, but I mean, going to get my life? Latte is essential.
2: I have no idea that that's really well. I'm speechless because I don't even know what to say right now.
0: Wow, it's crazy, Fabian. You know we deal with this. You know you deal with this in your life. We I deal with this as a as a public speaker. I travel the country and I, I, like you said. When you do speeches, how many people just don't realize what's going on in foster care that you know I hear everything from the government supports them um they had they they get everything they need, which is just all b s but I will tell you people get really surprised when I say this. I think foster care is an absolute Joke. I think that it is an industry that gets makes money on the backs of children. And I feel that if we are going to do anything, we need to figure out how to make sure kids don't enter foster care. So, I, I
2: believe that there needs to be light spread on the fact that so many youth are being, you know, what they're going through, the, the, the abuse. Um, if that, if there can be more light spread on the fact like how much they're being abused. I believe that, like, regardless of many politicians would take, you know, like, I mean, I'm pretty sure they have hearts. I don't know. I just don't think they're getting enough um, education on, like, on how they're calling the foster care system a big pedophile ring. If you go on Google and type in foster care pedophile ring, you see so many articles of just – and show that to a politician and then say, what are you guys going to do Like, What are we going to do about this? If they're going to sit there and not do anything about it, then honestly they need to to be held accountable for it or the county needs to be held accountable or somebody needs to to start being held accountable for all of these things that are going on in the system. We're growing up and they're saying, okay, you're 18 now, you're an adult, you make your own decisions. Okay, you're leaving me with all of this trauma that I have and how am I supposed to be a productive member of society or get my life together when I'm dealing with all of this stuff that you guys put me through? I didn't ask for this. You guys did this to me social workers not caring, foster parents not caring, all of that is very serious. And it, it's like no one's being held accountable for it. And that's what that's what makes me feel so strongly to advocate. And then basically what you guys are saying, like the politics are, are crazy. No can, so what, we can't do anything about it. That's that doesn't sound like good to me. I'm, I'm thinking like, how can we really get what do we need to do? What like what can I do? Right. Well
1: and it's like- not that there's it's not that there's nothing that can be done about it. It's that the people who have the power to actually do something about it choose not to. I mean, that's the bottom line. I mean
0: that is that is it. And and one of the things that we can continue to do is doing what we're doing today. I will tell you w six years ago going seven years ago when we when I decided to tell my story, the number of people were like I never knew that. I didn't hear that. And the number of people in the system who was like, oh my God, I get to tell, I can tell my story and not be embarrassed. You know, I remember when I was, I was on the Ellen show and I sat there and I told my story to Ellen. And, and I remember afterwards, people reached out to me and I had people, I had haters who said, how could you tell those stories of what happened to you in foster care? I said, because it was true. Um, and number two, I had people who reached out to me and said, I can finally talk. I can talk about it, and that's what we have to do, Fabian. We have got to continue to talk about it. We've got to continue to call the wrongs wrong, and we also all need to make sure that we're talking about the rights that are some rights because it's all not bad, but I do believe that the majority of kids who enter our system, they're, they enter in the system because of neglect, and the definition of neglect is different from your definition to my definition, and I think that if we do something to support the family prior Prior to the child entering the system, whether that's sending a social worker in to go and live in the house to stabilize the family, whether it's paying them a living wage, you know, the stress I, – I I was um, – on the phone i was with dana yesterday and i sent her an article where we're seeing more cases of abuse coming in for homes because of the coronavirus because these kids you know they're at home now and these parents are they they've not been given coping mechanisms of how to deal with stress causes
1: a lot of parents to take it out on their kids Um, but I think we're, we're, so we're seeing an increase in that way. Like, I think it was a hospital somewhere in Texas where they said that they've seen an increase in child abuse cases and, uh, like people coming to the hospital with their kids who have obviously been abused. They said they saw that in 2008 during the big recession. And then on the other side of that though, um, I shared another article about how I think it was in Connecticut. They get 129, it was either 129 or 126 or something calls a day um, people reporting that they believe a child is being harmed and since this lockdown the number has dropped to about 35 so that's almost a hundred you know a day of kids that are probably being abused that nobody's reporting it now because kids aren't going to school where the teachers would be reporting it and you know those mandatory reporters are not um are not seeing the kids and interacting with them and so those kids are at home probably you know suffering but there's nobody looking out for them because everybody's you know in their shelter in place doing their own thing so it's 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 incredible just from so many different angles all of the Things that are happening and how this affects uh, vulnerable, vulnerable children, whether they're still in their homes that they where there is problems or kids who are already in the system.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're right. So listen, Fabian, I'm going to tell you it's an honor. It is an honor to have met you. I am so glad we connected on social media. I hope that we continue to keep following each other and supporting each other. I want you to know that here at Comfort Cases, you need something, you reach out, okay? Worst thing I always tell people, worst thing somebody can say is no. And then we find out who will say yes, and we will find someone. Listen, you're not in this alone. Um, as much as most people think, you know, as as a community, we are in this together, and no matter where your zip code is, our communities are human race, and we want to help. And we want to have you back on. We want to have you back on. We'd love to have you on some roundtable conversations. We do those several times a year where we bring people together from the system and really talk about what changes we can do we can make. So, so follow us on all the social media platforms. I definitely follow you on Facebook. Um, and I want you to keep in touch with us. I want you to let us know how things are going. You're a journalist. One thing I would love is I'd love for you to write a blog.
1: Oh, definitely yes. Or even something that you've already written that yes. tells your story, That's or something that. that has to do with yes. And if you want to write on a regular basis for yeah, us, we would love course. to have you. Yeah, we
0: have a blog. We have a blog post that is amazing. Um, we would love for you to be a contributor on this blog post. I think you have a lot to say, and I think you have a lot of information that people need to read. Um, so definitely, Dana is going to reach out to you about that, and hopefully, you'll consider that. Listen, we always okay, finish. I'll send over my Go ahead. I send
2: over the articles I have now, and then I don't know if you guys can share them or anything, but I feel like they'd be beneficial to, to somebody to read them. They're pretty boring. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah me, absolutely. We'll, that's what that's what we, that's we want. That's too. what our that's what our blog is for. And we can put them on our blog, or if you have your own website that you want us to try to help promote for you, we can link to it, and we can do that too. Yeah. But yeah, we need the content, so definitely send it. We'd be happy to post it. We would
0: be more than happy to post it. So listen, we always end our podcast um, the same way since when we started this. And um, Dana, go ahead. How do we do it?
1: If you could change two things about the foster care system, what would they be?
0: <clears throat> One
2: would be uh, uh, long-term housing for anyone who is trying to better their lives or rehabilitate, going to college. And two would be... Um, that's the main one too. I would say, if I could change anything in the system, um, we, to be able to go out and to educate the colleges and have expos at high schools to educate about what's going on in, in America with the foster care system, those are the two things that I think would be the greatest.
0: Wow, I love to tell you, it, it it has not. It it's just amazing. I get we get different answers every single time. Yep. And the answers we get are we have to write a book about know, the answers. I know. I know. Or we just really. A-
1: or the, just a, we can just cut all the audio clips together of everyone's thing yes. cuz there's so many things that need to change and the,
0: and those two are such i mean they're they, I love it. I love number one. Yes, we need long-term housing for kids who are in the system, and number two, education. Educate our high school kids. Educate our college kids. Educate the person that you do not know what's what they're going through who are sitting next to you, and it's up to you to help help them. So, listen, Fabian. Thank you so much. I hope you stay safe. Um, Social distancing's the new word, and we hope that you are doing that. And if again, if there's anything you need, you reach out. And we hope to be talking to you again soon, my friend.
2: Okay. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yes.
1: Thank you. Have a great day. Thank Take you. Care. Thank you for telling your story and being so open with us.
0: Dana and I would like to thank all of you for listening to the Fostering Change podcast.
1: You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Make sure you follow Comfort Cases on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Comfort Cases. And check out the Fostering Change blog at comfortcases.org.
0: So everybody, we want to hear your stories. So reach out to us if you would like to be a guest on the podcast. You can find me on Facebook at Rob shear Instagram at Rob underscore Scheer, and on Twitter at Rob Scheer 6.
1: And please share this podcast and leave us a review.
0: Remember, we're all part of the same community. Your zip code, it's not your community, but it's our human race. Let's all make a difference.